What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 80 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, I know you had a pretty fun weekend, but how was it? Yes, no, it it has been busy, busy. We are full on in ready for baby mode. So we had the the, uh, baby shower this past weekend. Which again, to the Hensleys, thank you so much for for hosting the party, everybody coming out, all the gifts and everything. We really appreciate it. And then last night, we went out and did a little uh, maternity shoot as well. So I'll be working on those photos. Uh, Didn't really do a lot of gaming this weekend. Um, You know, again, it's just been busy. We're just trying to prepare and make sure we're ready for this baby. I got a bassinet that I still need to build. So that needs to happen sooner than later. Uh, I need I need to quit slipping on that but other than that though things have been things have been uh pretty smooth gaming wise again just still going through my destiny 2 stuff and uh i got a chance i had the opportunity to play some of this uh new world closed beta which is amazon games uh mmo rpg uh, i'm really enjoying playing that i did end up uh, uh pre-ordering it because I'm, I'm 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 a fool that likes uh do that because I'll I'll get it I'll get all hyped up and then play it like for like a week and be like ah what game New World what <laughs> but other than that though it's been good how about yourself how was your week brother my week was good I uh, had my first session on Bright so thank you to everybody including yourself Ryan for showing up to that it was a lot of fun uh, try not to get washed away from all the rain we're getting and hopefully the weather cooperates through this episode hopefully it doesn't <laughs> die too hard um, but enough about us because we are joined by two very special guests you know one of them from an episode last year, which, by the way, gentlemen, was our, our most downloaded episode in our mm-hmm. history. So I think people are super excited for this. But we are excited to welcome Micah and Noah from Team Kill Media. Gentlemen, how are you both doing? Doing good. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. You know, it, it's been a while since we've talked quantum error, so I know that we have a lot to get into, but we wanted to jump into a couple of topics first, and we're just going to get the ugly one out of the way right off the bat. Uh, last week, we all know that uh, the state of California had the the charges brought against Blizzard, uh, some ugly charges, and Ryan... <sighs> It's sad that this is still a reality in this industry. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. If if all this is true, and right now there doesn't seem to be a reason to believe that it's not true, it's this is ridiculous. It's it's incredibly depressing. It's incredibly sad. And it's just women have had to fight so hard in this industry anyway, and stuff like this is just disgusting. Yeah, and you know, it it this is terrible, but and and it, and it I I hate to say it, but it's not surprising to me. I mean, we had uh, Ubisoft had issues uh, last year. We've had a bunch of these, especially these bigger companies, where we're finding out that these kinds of uh, uh, environments 
exists there. And we've heard it from people. I, I think the one of the biggest things to me that really stuck out is that number one, it was it was California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing that had brought on this lawsuit. So it wasn't even people that were that were victimized by this culture, by this uh, toxicity. It was the actual state which they've been uh, investigating this for the last two years. Um, it's it's absolutely mind boggling. If you actually go through and read the document of the specifics as far as what's going on, I mean, it's very much a, a frat house, ment- frat house mentality uh, just on the, the goings on with, with people there. There's huge, you know, again, they're bringing forth and they're not going to bring this law lawsuit forth without, you know, concrete evidence of this stuff that's taking place. Uh, discrimination against uh, women, um, you know, what I mean, for for being able to get paired fair or paid fairly, um, being demoted for getting pregnant. Um, you know, there is so much as and I'm not going to completely say it, but somebody uh, hurt themselves um, due to this toxic culture. People bringing bringing around and talking to other people, showing pictures and things of this nature. This is absolutely disgusting uh, for a big a business, especially of this size, for things like this to be going on. Swift justice and action needs to be needs to be had. Uh, and again, very much. I am a person that, you know, um, let the facts come out, let everything come out. And the people that need to be held accountable need to be held accountable. This this kind of culture and this kind of stuff does not start from the bottom. It starts from the top, in my opinion. And people knew that this stuff, even if they weren't, they were complicit in the fact that nothing was done when people were bringing these reports to their to their uh, to the forefront, letting people know. So there's there are I, I feel like there's a lot of people um, within this that that I feel could be held liable. Uh, and I think this is only the beginning of this, not only from the state's lawsuit, but now you have individuals then that that can come against them and and bring forth, uh, if anything, at least civil cases. Um, now they haven't officially. They, this is kind of weird because they didn't they didn't say. They haven't like owned up to this, but at the same time, they're saying in a statement they, they, they made on Twitter that um, they are uh, that this is them of the of the past. This isn't them now, which to me is kind of like so you are admitting that this stuff did take place, even though you're not officially admitting that. Um, you know what I mean? So it's it's these are these are just absolutely it, it's mind blowing to me that this kind of stuff was allowed not only allowed but allowed to go on for as long as it's go- gone on i don't know how i mean other than than wiping out you know obviously the people uh that were directly involved and people that knew about this stuff as well that's a complete blowing blowing things out and and bringing new people in to change that culture and to change that stuff i mean what what are your thoughts lucas like as far as like how do they move forward as a company because this isn't the first time you know and especially with the uh, uh activision blizzard they've they've had a bumpy past i know a lot of my friends said you know i'm uninstalling bnet i'm done with them uh and and i can understand why people uh would feel that way especially after offenses uh like this come to light Right. Yeah. Moving forward, you you almost think that it has to be cleaning house, at least at some sort of management level. Uh, Like you Mm -hmm. said, Ryan, this doesn't start from the bottom up. This starts from the top down. And like it's hard. It's hard to imagine any scenario if this is true, where 
they move forward with the same management team. Like, I don't understand how mm-hmm. that happens. Like, like mm-hmm. why, how would anyone feel safe working for them going forward? Like, how would anyone right. feel comfortable supporting them going forward? You know, um, you know, Ryan, and, and, and you touched on an interesting point. This is where gamers can show their influence by voting with their wallet here. You know, this is the mm-hmm. area that they can make their displeasure known and, if if there was widespread um you stop playing their games you know stop supporting them financially until they see changes like real changes take place real fast uh that you know that could be that that is as as gamers as a whole are one way of really making voices heard in a way that might i mean as sad as this is that might get their attention that might you know get them to perk up because they see their earnings going down. It's sad that that's what is the cause uh, and not anything w- uh, before that. But hopefully, I mean, hopefully there are some widespread industry-wide changes because we know that it's not just them. We know that there's tons of stories out there um, beyond Blizzard, and it's it's just sad. So I guess I guess mainly it's, it's just that to anyone that has felt marginalized, anybody that's had to deal with, a bunch of baloney like this uh you know we hear you we see you and and we support you yeah absolutely and and again too the biggest thing for me was the fact that it's the state of california uh that that are, that are, that are initiating uh these lawsuits they've been doing this investigation for the past uh two years so you know and and, and they had made a statement on twitter as well and it was very very much. And I understand it, you know, especially while there's there's uh, things going on and it's actively in court, they can't really speak on things. But it was very much a cookie cutter um, uh, response that they gave and a very HR uh, response, I feel, uh, which sucks. But I, I you know, I, I feel like I feel like this definitely um, and you're right, Lucas. You know, the only I I feel like a lot of times the only way they really feel anything is when they get, you know, when it affects their wallets. Um, Clearly, this is something that's been going on. They've been investigating it for the last two years. So, you know, this is a culture that they've that they've allowed to uh, get worse and worse. And I, you know, again, I'd be surprised if there aren't more charges uh, specifically from individuals then because there's a lot that happened, you know, beyond just the monetary uh, issues. And, and, you know, there's, there's allegations of abuse and, and things of that nature. It's just like, this is absolutely disgusting. Um, And, and you hate to see it, especially in this space where, you know, gamers can be so caring and, and, loving and, and, but, and, and, and the communities and stuff like that. And then you go to find out that your favorite, uh, uh, studio or whatever is, is harboring a culture like this. It's just, it's, how do you, how do you even come back from that? It's like, Ugh, I don't want to, I don't want to support them in any way, which is terrible because, you know, these are the actions of a few now that are going to affect the many, you know, cause there's a ton of people there that are doing the job or whatever, and don't have anything to do with this. Um, as a consumer, it, it is hard. And I do understand how people 
would not want to support it by by buying new games, by continuing uh, to play games, to have subscriptions or mm-hmm. even, you know, even games. I mean, again, like I said, some people said I just unloaded or I uninstalled the whole launcher period. I'm, I'm done with the company. Um, so it'll be interesting seeing, and I want to see how, you know, I'm, I know myself personally, and I know you will be, uh, to Lucas, uh, fo- uh, following along with this very, you know, very much so just to see how everything, uh, plays out, uh, throughout this and to see what happens then in the future. So, uh, terrible, terrible stuff, but I feel like we would have been remiss not to, have said anything about this because this is huge news uh you know although negative hopefully um you know moving forward there is the the uh people are able to get the justice and and people are held accountable and then moving forward we're able to then create this positive space and not only on a professional level with companies and and people who are working in studios and stuff like that uh but you know, just just overall, and I'm curious to see then what that what happens, uh, gaming wise, uh, with games that they have planned, and if people do uh, decide not to p- purchase uh, Blizz Activision uh, games moving forward, uh, that very much will will hurt them and and could change the outlook on some games uh, that that were um, uh, planned on being made. So. We'll just have to. We'll continue monitoring this and and seeing seeing what the deal is uh, as far as with this situation. But shifting gears to to something, I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, Netflix announced that they are going to be jumping into the gaming sphere, uh, which I think is is it, it makes sense, right? Uh, they've been pouring a ton of money into original content and the gaming space. Again, we know there is a ton of money. There are a ton of people that are actively there. They already have this infrastructure built. Netflix does it pretty, pretty well when it comes to streaming services and things of that nature. For some of us old heads, uh, you know, we used to get these DVDs and stuff in the mail. So gaming and them pushing out games is not unheard of, uh, from that. Uh, uh, from that point. Uh, but this will be interesting because they're going to start out and I think they're doing this smart. They're going to start out with mobile games. Again, within this, this is included in the subscription. So you wouldn't have to pay any base charge. Now, let me, let me just say, I, I don't see that always being a thing. And I think eventually they will get to a point where they will either it's included and they'll, they'll raise their prices again or they have like a separate tier or something like that that says movies and games or just games or something of that nature. What I like about this though is that they're 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 easing into this and and I hate to you know I, I very much I always have to make this comparison to uh, uh, Stadia where I felt Stadia basically rushed them jumping into cloud gaming and they charged people basically for beta access but they weren't calling it beta. Uh, you know, they tried saying, hey, this thing is ready and it was not ready to go. We know there's been um, many issues with Stadia. And, and that was one of my biggest things is like, well, why would I pay for this service to then pay for games full price just to play on the cloud? Uh, that never made sense to me. 
Uh, I, I, so Netflix kind of easing into this and you got to remember too, mobile gaming is a huge industry. I personally don't play a lot of mobile games, uh, but I know there's a ton of people and they've got a wide audience. Uh, so I think that's a good way to kind of step into this space, start testing that stuff out and then, then building. I know I can't remember the guy's name, but they, the guy that worked on Oculus and something else, um, they brought on. So it'll be interesting to see if they then from this as they ease into this space, if they then start developing their own games, because we know they're doing uh, uh, TV shows and mm-hmm. films. So I, I, I'm wondering if this is them easing into basically, you know, creating their own studio uh, and, and whatnot. But I, I think this is awesome. I'm curious to see how they do. When they, they've done things such as like Bandersnatch. I know there's like the Out in the Wild, the Bear Grylls, like interactive shows and things like that so they've been you know they've been working on these things for a while i think this could be uh i think this could be pretty good yeah i agree and you know let let me start by i don't talk much about mobile game because i don't play it as much but like a a service like apple arcade i play a lot more than i thought i was going to Uh, and Mm. and like just the fact that you could have access to a bunch of mobile games no uh in-app purchases you get the entire package right there is is a pretty compelling deal for for somebody like me that just wants to dive into a game and not worry about uh getting charged to death on the back end of, mm-hmm. of things. So Netflix obviously is a huge name. Uh, you know, they're, they're a juggernaut. They're, they've got the streaming stuff down. Um, you're right, right. Mobile gaming is is a nice entry point for them. There were all those rumors going around that maybe PlayStation Netflix would hook up uh, at a mm-hmm. later date, which, I mean... Sony needs to do something since Microsoft has such a jump <laughs> with Game Pass. I mean, this would be a kind of a, a hold my beer moment <laughs> if that ever came yeah. down. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. But I'm curious, you know, let me let me start with you, Micah. Is is yeah. this something that that piques your interest as a developer down the road? And what are like, do you see potential upsides or, or downsides to to seeing the model shift to to a, a streaming model? Um, I don't, I don't know how to think about it exactly because, like, uh, I'm actually old enough to still remember like Blockbuster, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> renting movies and video games and stuff, which was really cool, especially for someone like me because here, you know, I always beg my mom for whatever new game or what. It, like, I still remember like you know begging for like Halo Three back when that came out. Uh-huh. She gets it. I beat it in six hours, and she's like what the heck did I buy that for? <laughs> so like, <laughs> I mean, if you beat stuff real fast and you like just burn through games, I mean, yeah, it might be a, like a really good thing actually then. Cause then, you know, you're not paying as much on the negative side. I like owning games and I know mm-hmm. Noah's the same way too, same. because I don't know something about not physically, whether it's digitally like in your like account or even physically, I like owning it, so yeah. I don't. I don't know about renting like big games. I'll probably always still buy, like you know, any of the big games. But I, I could see it being good for like little stuff. Yeah, Noah. Uh, you know, as Mike just said, do you do you share some of those same concerns about not being owning these titles? Uh, pretty much. I I really don't want to play any game that I don't own mm-hmm. because it's just. Um, maybe if it was an iPhone game, then maybe I could see doing that. But if it's like a big AAA release or even bigger indie titles, I want to own them, and then I want to own them on a disc if possible. So I pr- prefer not to to go down that route. 
at least me personally. You know, it's funny yeah. too because I'm sorry, Ryan. Um, no, you're good. You know, it, it's funny because I, I have said this before that I, I like discs, like I like physically owning something tangible. And then there's always the question of game preservation, and that that is something that is a little worrisome. That if if rights to games starts getting splintered toward a bunch of streaming services, how does that affect the availability of these games? 10 15 20 30 years down the road and you know how how easy will it be for future generations to play it or how easy would it be for us to revisit you know uh, a halo of the world 10 years from now and so it, it that that's always a little worrisome like that seems like an issue that could come into play in a big way that we don't look at long term yeah, you know, and I think too, uh, I, I think a lot of these models as far as with that are not, I don't know that we are necessarily the target audience, um, you know, for these services and things like that. You've got a newer generation that's coming up. You've also got parents now that have kids that they played games and things like that too, where I, I feel like very much people of our age, like we like having that physical disc or you know what i mean this or that it's like i don't just want a oh you know here's a digital version of this game it's like i need to i need to be able to breathe it in and, and you know what I'm every so single like, time i get a new game i just want to tear open the plastic and sniff the manual <laughs> yes. like the, the new car smell yeah exactly exactly so you know it, it'll be interesting though and I, I i think too especially with it being um mobile starting out i think you're now targeting i mean that you're hitting those that younger generation that that you know they all have phones they all you know they're playing games and stuff like that too oh we already have a netflix account um uh yeah why well, let's see what they've got on there and i think you know another part of this too will be then moving forward what kind of games are they going to have on there are they going to be big triple a games are they going to be you know uh, uh things that they're they're publishing uh themselves are they going to team up with uh, other studios and things like that so that really has piqued my interest as far as what their plans are uh, moving forward with games, what games are, because I mean, for me, again, it's like, I'll play on anything. I want to know, I just want good games. I don't care where I play them or, 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 or how, I just want a good game and I'll figure out a way to play it uh, then. So and not only that, but then you're also this, I feel like this really brings in, you know, again, this, this new model where it's not just, you have to drop, Four or $500 for a new console or a PC, you're able to play directly from a device that you already own with a subscription that you already have. I mean, the buy-in is already there. The incentive to even try it out, I feel, is already there when you're hitting those check marks right out the gate. So I think this could potentially be uh, uh, something successful. And I'm curious to see really what direction they are they are going to look to to take it and, and moving forward in the future. But I mean, again, you already know we we already know that that Netflix does a pretty good job with streaming. So I feel like this could be a solid cloud based uh, uh, move forward uh, in gaming. So. I, this one kind of got me excited, even though I'm not, you know, again, I'm not a mobile player, uh, just the potential that it could have. And then what other people can take and learn from what they're doing and then apply to to what they're doing. Um, I think this could lead to to potentially some some good gains uh, in in that in that space. So 
Is this we'll see. Is this the moment where we all realize we're getting old that we're not the target audience to this anymore? <laughs> Listen, the gray hairs in my beard was the moment that I realized I was getting old. <laughs> yeah, that just means you're getting wiser. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's so like, like a fine one. Actually, it means you're getting cooler. <laughs> yes. See, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree 100%. We're not even old. We're, we are. I mean, my body will tell you something different, but my mind is very young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk with Micah and Noah all about quantum error and what they got going on. We'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the real fun part of the interview. And Noah, let me start with you because, you know, Micah, I'm sorry. We've heard from you for, for a while, long time in that episode. We had to give Noah some time to, to shine here. <laughs> Talk I've, I've to been us. demoted. <laughs> you know so as as ryan said we you know we talked to you guys last september and obviously a lot of things have changed but talk to us just generally about the production of quantum air and what it's been like to work with family and 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 this whole process of creating a game together it's actually been pretty amazing because the development so far has been ridiculously smooth and because mm -hmm. that we are such a small studio, we can really finally control everything we do. And so it makes the process even quicker. And it's just honestly, is really great. And progress is, is amazing. Um, yeah, I would, I would say on top of what he's saying is that um, we get things done fairly quick just because we all kind of figure out what we want and we just go. I mean, so, yeah, we pretty much were like, we want this, we want this, and now get it done. And that's pretty much how we work. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not like, oh, well, do we want to do that? Do we like this? Is that good enough? No, we were Actually, pretty much, we like it, and I it think, stays. I think we fight the most on what we're willing to show off. Probably. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> who who wants to show off the most? Like, And who wants to keep everything close to the vest? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely want to show off the most. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very uh, particular and cautious about what I think we should show. Because if you show too much, I think it's a bad thing. But if you don't show enough, then you don't pique anybody's interest. I so think, there's a fine line. I think we're the opposite spectrum he wants to show too little. I want to show too much. <laughs> <laughs> the, working together is finding that happy medium. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, tell us, since the last time that we spoke, uh, what has changed? What kind of progress have you guys made? How are things looking as far as uh, development? Oh, my gosh. So much um, gosh. Um, <laughs> so, let's see. Since last September, um, I actually don't even remember off the top of my head I know we had not shown off the most recent stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, man, the, even from the most recent video, things have changed so much. Yeah, things have improved mm -hmm. dramatically, even from just our last gameplay, which was in March, I believe. Because, like, the last gameplay, yeah, which is showing on screen right now, um, that, the way I would put it is, it was like our old system, like even the way the character was like holding the gun and the way the animations were being done. Um, it was very like 
detached and felt smooth like a traditional shooter, whereas now the game has more of a Resident Evil 7 or 8 kind of feel. You feel a little bit more grounded in mm. the world. So, like, when you look down, like, the ca- the camera now is actually attached to the character. You look down, you can see all your, you know, legs and body, which helped with the third-person view because originally having it detached made it super difficult. So now having it as, like, one body is a lot simpler mm-hmm. um, uh, on basic stuff. Like, the positioning of the guns have changed. Um, guns are all getting a slight uh, repaint. They, they will look almost the same, but they're just a little different. A lot of enemies have been finalized. Uh, a lot of the level design is, I would say, it's like 80% there. It's like it's done, but it's not 100% done. So we're like mm-hmm. in this we're like in this weird place right now where a lot of the stuff is done, and we're now like putting it all together. So like we have, um, you can't see it, but there's a we have a big list of all the levels, and we're like writing down as we go through them how much we have done, and. It's, I, I will say one thing, what, if you want to find out if your game functions properly or if you're going to break it, build a tutorial level <laughs> and you will, quick, you will quickly find out what doesn't work. Yeah, quite a bit of things um, didn't work that level and we quickly fix them. Yeah, so like per that, now all the functionality of the game is now working properly. I think one of the weirdest things that we've recently finished was companion AI, which we're not doing like a lot of that, but we have some parts in the game where AI needs to be with you and follow you and do other things. That has been extremely difficult. That That is uh, not very fun. <laughs> what is it? What is it about that, that that's making it so difficult? Um, I guess it's the fact that for one, it's the first time we've done it. And for two, it's you know, it's an AI, so it's like it's you're not controlling the character, but it's like, I guess the example I would give is it's like one of the first levels in the game. Um, you have a couple other firefighters with you, and there's mm-hmm. a point where you have to uh, you come into the one of the first main like facility levels in the game, and people are going nuts because the place is burning down. So you have to go and like you know talk to them and get them to follow you out of the building. But the AI has to also do that. And getting them to do the same thing that a, the player can do is very different the way you program it and how you make it work. And, yeah, you come across some really goofy bugs when you're trying to make them do that. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> like, we had one instance where the AI just stopped, and they're just standing in the middle of the doorway, and they won't move. And they're just looking at us, and I'm like, what did you all do? And then like, some of them are just standing in corners, being like, like, I'm done. Did you quit your job? Like, you're a firefighter. Get with it. <laughs> we gonna and, die, bro. And, and then, like, one time, uh, one of the side characters, uh, an older firefighter, he just ran with the NPCs out of the facility and never came back. Yeah, and I, was I, was like, like, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what be going on he's, there? He's like, I'm going to die later in the game. He's I'm like, done. I'm done. <laughs> it's it's <funny>. pretty entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're at this weird point where it's like we're working on so much and we're getting so much done, but sometimes we don't have a lot to show because it's a lot of kind of mundane stuff, just kind of it's like a, it's like we have a box of Legos and we made the Legos and now we're putting it all together. 
you know, what's been fun, too, seeing the community around this game start to theorize and, and you know, dissect some <laughs> of the images you share and, and videos and whatnot. Like, did you guys expect, like, that level of, of uh, fan community, like, right off the bat and, and, and pre-release and, and, and all that? Or was this something that kind of took you guys by, by surprise a little bit? Um, I think I was a little shocked to actually see that because we didn't really have that with Kings of Lorne because it was very unknown. So the fact that we have a fan base like that this quickly before the game even launches is pretty amazing to me. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where it was like, I've always hoped to have that, but I don't expect it just because I know how small we are and how little reach we do have. But to see it with this, it's it's a lot of fun because like even the story, which so many people know very little about, it's... Like, as we get closer to getting the game done, we'll start being able to release more little tidbits of it. Um, it it's just going to get freakier and freakier, and I cannot wait to see people, <laughs> like, start, like, trying to dissect it and see. Because, like, for example, the the next thing we plan to show, I think is going to leave people with a lot more questions than answers. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. So, Okay. I'm going to ask Micah this question, because now that I know Noah, you're the one that doesn't like to share a lot of information. <laughs> do, do you pay attention to some of the theories, and have any of them been close to being right? Um, I, I do pay attention to them. And actually, what's funny is a lot of them are, are fairly close. Um, Interesting. There, there's, a, there's occasions where things are a little bit off, but um, typically they're, they're pretty close to... A, going in the right direction. Yeah, I'd say all the theories are pretty close, only sometimes a little off. Like, um, I know uh, the William, who runs the community um, uh, fan page, like, a lot of his theorizing is definitely in the right direction. Oh, and yeah. So it's always cool to see what he thinks about it, and then occasionally on Twitter, like, we'll see someone else, like, you know, making their, like, concept of, you know, what's going on, and I'm like, well, you're kind of, you're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> is is there ever a moment that you're like we need to release something to throw them off the scent like let's let's lead them in the wrong direction <laughs> i think i have said that before there's been many times i'm like uh, let's do the hideo kojima thing let's just totally mess with everybody <laughs> and the funny thing is we probably will <laughs> oh yeah we probably will Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and I know, too, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, do you guys, are you guys closer to having a target release date? Um, So that's a hard one to answer. Like, so, like Kings of Lorne, for example, we had to delay one time, and I hated that. I absolutely hated having to disappoint people and extend the release date out. So in this case we're trying to make sure that when we have a release date, it's going to be because everything is set and ready to go, which for PlayStation and Xbox and stuff like that, um, there's a lot of things that are going to have to be like set, ready to go, done game is loaded, but we're, we're getting closer, but I still hesitate to ever try to figure out when because like the goal has always been by the end of the year whether that is achieved or not i don't know because like there's certain things like for example what we're working on right now has taken uh, probably about a week longer than i thought but i'm not 
getting hard on myself over it because taking our time, um, well, I'll just say it, it's a boss fight. So mm. it it is one of the most insane boss fights uh, we've ever done. I mean, we haven't obviously done that many since we've only released one game before this, but um, this one takes advantage of the SSD power of the PlayStation, and it's really, really cool. And it's taken a little longer because it's it's pretty complicated. So I always hesitate to then say when the release might be because every time I think I'm going smooth, something hiccups. And we want to make sure the game releases in a proper state and not, you know, not a broken. <laughs> and then we don't want to have to delay it. So, yeah. Do you guys see uh, like some of these other bigger games that have, have had some pretty... Uh, troubling launches uh at least pr wise uh do you guys look at that and, and does that make you guys take a step back and go yeah we need to do our best to avoid that kind of situation oh yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah because the thing is uh, most of the, and i understand it most of these newer games that come out and that are buggy like i i bought um cyberpunk on pc and i actually didn't have that many problems with it but then Somewhere Same. in the middle of the game, I started having some funny bugs. It wasn't anything that ruined the game. It was just kind of goofy. But it's it's one of those things where because it's all <laughs> going through the internet and it's so digital and development has become so much more complicated. It's not like when, you know, you'd buy, you know, a PS3 game or a PS2 game or Nintendo 64 or something where the game had to be perfect, had to be done and you were mostly buying it physically. So you didn't come across too many digital like problems because I know mm-hmm. like uh, our own game, the Kings of Lorne game, sometimes the download can actually make things not work in the game. So then you have to reinstall it. And that's just because of data transfer through the internet. So, you know, you do your best, but there's always going to be something, you know, there's always going to be right. a, a variable that's unknown. Yeah. Uh, Noah, let me ask you, do you guys have any any plans maybe to do like an early access or any kind of like open open beta or anything like that just to really get the I mean, obviously, this is going to be a little bit down the road when you guys are closer to completion, but just to get it in people's hands and, and see how it runs, what people take away from it. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think we can really plan on it, but down the road, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I would say, mm-hmm. I don't know, um, especially considering it's a uh, mainly a single-player game. Yeah, if we know. did do something like that, it would more likely be like a, a small demo, but I mean, who knows? You know, what What I find interesting, too, is, uh, Mike, and you touched briefly on this, on, on the, the third-person view, and I think it's, it's rare for games to be willing to, to give you a choice, and uh, so what what went in the decision to, to do that and how does it how does it affect your experience based on, you know, your your perspective of, of your character? Yeah. So um, that came about uh, because of fans and us as well, because so like me and Noah prefer first person shooters. But what are, well, another one of our brothers that actually comes up with all the concepts of these monsters, he <clears> prefers third person. And actually, I think Dakota mm. prefers third person. Yeah, he does. So we're like split. But then like, you know, when it comes to fans of any genre of shooter, I mean, everybody's greatly split. You know, third person, first person, like everybody loves them both. 
And so we came to a point, and this was sometime later last year, where we were talking with our mom about it and everything because um, also her and my little brothers and all of us like Fortnite. So it was like, well, why do we like, you know, we like that game because we can see the character and the cool stuff we get. And so then right. it was like, well, you know, you got this firefighter and then he is going to have a spacesuit type thing. And it's like, oh, but you can't really see him. So then, you know, per that, per fans, per our own opinions, we were like, you know what? Let's go for both. Let's put both views in the game. Turned into about three extra months of development, which was fun. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was worth it because now it's pretty cool being able to switch. And that was another thing is I wanted to make sure you could switch back and forth while playing. I don't know how most other games do it, but I know it's usually like a menu option. But the way it affects the game is interesting too because like it's, you know, traditional first person like Call of Duty or Doom or any of that stuff. And then when you switch, it's kind of the over the shoulder view like Resident Evil 4. And then you cannot shoot your gun until you aim down sights, so pull, you know, L2 or whatever. So in first person view, it's just like traditional shooter. You can aim down sights or not. And in third person, you cannot fire the gun unless you do aim. So kind of like, you know, the Resident Evil games. So it changes, I would say in third person view, it's a lot more of a slower paced type of experience. Whereas in first person view, it's a lot more alike to like Doom 3 or something. So it's almost like two different experiences in one. That's what I was going to say. It's like, those are like two different experiences being yeah. able to, and being able to seamlessly switch between the two, I, I think is absolutely amazing. Cause there are certain times where it's like, yeah, I just want to be in first person or other times where it's like, yeah, I'd like to be able to see myself doing the action and, you know, kind of get a little more, a different view point of view uh, while playing the game. So it's such a cool concept. Uh, and to be able to implement that uh, into the game, I, I think is amazing. Um, oh, oh yeah. And we're, and we're ask, trying we're trying to make it as as good as possible. So, like, I know a lot of games, uh, at least my perspective on them, when they do both views, like, like you'll have the main view, whether it's first or third person view, and then their secondary view isn't usually as good. Um, right. It's like you can tell it was like kind of like a, an extra. We're trying to make sure that it's not like that. We're trying to make sure the third person feels like the game was made to play that way, mm -hmm. despite it primarily being first person. Right. And, and let me ask, I'm going to start with, I'm going to ask both you guys this, but let me uh, start with Noah here. Um, as far as the story goes, what do you guys want the audience, uh, the gamers to take away from this story? Oh, let's see. Take away from the story. Oh gosh, how do I answer this? <laughs> Without, uh, yeah, yeah, obviously with no spoilers or anything like that. It kind of a generalized view of it. <laughs> um, take away from the game when they're done with it to be in yeah. awe, to be shocked, and to want more, a lot more. So, because the way this game is going to end, obviously, I'm not going to say. I mean, there's two more games after this. So. Yeah, there's two more <laughs> games, and it's not going to conclude. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna leave you wanting more. I can say that much. I would say uh, my perspective on it is, I, from the story, and I'm sure it'll come through. I want to have the same feeling, and for others, as I had when I played Metal Gear Solid One the first time. Oh yeah, 
Yes. That that insane, just huge story of twists and turns and these amazing characters that and by the end, you're just left with just like, I don't know, like when you beat it, you're like, okay, that was good. That was a really good game. Like almost like when you see a really good movie and you're just, you know, you walk out of the theater and you're just like, wow, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to have that. And I, I believe we will achieve that. But at the same time, like he said, it's going to also leave you like, uh, what? Uh, more? More? <laughs> <laughs> there, there will be a post credit scene. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Boom, confirmed. Yes. You know, when you, when you guys are fleshing out the, the bigger, longer-term story, how difficult was it to find the stopping point for this game? Um, Actually, I don't think it was too difficult to... Maybe not to, this to, game as much as... Well, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird with this game because this one we kind of knew generally where it was going to go and where it was going to end. And then we know where the second and third game end up. The second and third game stories are not fully written yet, but the like base like idea of the plot is. Yeah, we basically know how the story as a whole is going to conclude. Actually, funny thing is I mm. actually had an idea of the state of the world for the second game before I even started working on the idea of this one. So I guess we kind of we had the middle and we knew where we needed to end up. So we knew what world events need to transpire to get us there. It's re- it's really strange. I don't know. It's like it's like there's certain things you, you decide like, hey, I want this to be discovered. I want this to be known. And you kind of, I don't know, you, you find a way to make it happen. It, it's hard to explain. It, it's, it's very hard to explain. <laughs> I don't no, know if that that's a very sense. good answer. <laughs> no, no, it does. That is. That is a good answer. That's a good answer. When, when it makes a lot of when, sense. When you're writing a story with so much, like, I mean. There's a lot gosh, involved with the story. There, there's like ten main characters Yeah, in the and game. then there's so many characters in the game. And where you have to try to find all turns. of this information, the story, the characters, and to like mold it all together different people with different motives and, and then to fit that all between three games it's it is definitely a challenge who's bad who's good yeah <laughs> who who appears bad and who appears good right you know let, let me ask you because uh you know michael when you were on you we were talking about uh how the the cosmic horror genre was something that that you guys were all excited to kind of dive into, and so I know this is not an apples to apples comparison here, but um, with the recent announcement of of the Dead Space remakes coming, you know, does that do you is there a worry that like a game like that or an announcement like that will color what people will expect or think Quantum Error is if you guys don't like get out first? Um, I'm not that worried. Um, we love Dead Space for one. Yes. <laughs> and uh, when we saw that, it was exciting. It was like, ooh, Dead Space on PS5. Um, right? I, I'm not too worried about it because though Quantum Air bears a lot of resemblances, obviously, it's very different. It's, it's not trying to be, like, even in probably our last interview as well as other interviews we've done, we've always said, like, when we went to make this game, we're not trying to make any other game. We're just trying to make Quantum Error for what it is. And so, like, it's similar, but it's very different. And 
I think really the only thing that mm-hmm. is similar to it is like the dark, creepy aspects. But mm-hmm. even our our enemies and stuff are very different. They're they're not like you know the Dead Space stuff. So it it, it doesn't worry me too much, um, and I'm equally as excited for it. And I think it's just a it's a different experience. If anything, I think it would just probably even help us because you'll have Dead Space, you'll have our game, you'll have the that Callisto protocol. Uh, there's another indie studio making a uh, negative atmosphere, which looks really cool. So it's kind of like everybody's just going to get a nice big batch of cool sci-fi games. Pretty much. Nice. You know, okay, I've got, I've got the, what will be the most important question of the interview here. If, <laughs> if I was trapped in the world of quantum error and I needed one of you two to come save me, who's getting the job done better? <laughs> well, I, yeah. I have a higher KD in Call of Duty, so maybe me. Probably Noah, probably Noah unless I like console command hack it. <laughs> I mean, I test play the game a lot more, so yeah, probably me. So probably Noah. <laughs> okay, that's it, Noah. I'm calling you. If this ever happens to me, I'm calling you first. I'm coming. <laughs> I did. I did want to ask one more question uh, myself. Uh, I know originally when we spoke, uh, Micah, it, it was just going to be on. I think it was just PlayStation. Uh, there was no talks of even though you guys had built on in Xbox, you didn't really plan on releasing. You guys just uh, recently announced that it will also be coming out on Xbox. So tell me what changed. What what made you want to uh, you know expand the platforms? And do you have any other plans to? Uh, put it onto any other platforms that it may not be right now. Um, yeah, the decision, I mean, it was, it basically came down to like, we started with PlayStation because that's just what we were most comfortable with. And we came to a point where it was like, you know what? It'll just get out to more people and more people will have an opportunity to play it. And we had a lot of people asking for it for Xbox and our last game, we couldn't get it on Xbox because it, it was working on it, but it wasn't working good enough. And that's probably because <laughs> of graphical differences between the two systems. But this um, new generation Xbox is, I mean, it's just as powerful as PS5 for the most part. So I don't think we'll have any issues. So it was just like, you know what? The more people that can play the game, the better. It only made sense to get it on the next Xbox too. Um, so. The thing with other consoles, um, I actually I contemplated Switch, but then uh, let's just say I'm not so sure the game would look very good on Switch because so, yeah. it would probably look like pasty garbage. Yeah, um, I would love to see Quantum Error on the Switch, but every time I think it, I'm like, how in the world is Quantum Error going to run on the Switch? Because it's just like it's built for the PS5 and it will run amazing on the Xbox as well, but the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> no. Would would a Switch Pro have changed that thought line at all? Uh, maybe. May, I don't know. Maybe. Slightly. Well, because if they announced another Switch and that was uh, way more powerful, I think it'd be more of a possibility. Like, how close in power would would a theoretical Switch Pro have to be to a PS5 for that to be a, a reasonable thing for you guys to consider? I mean, it probably would need to be at least as powerful as the PS4. I said at a minimum, it would need to come close to a PS4, a base PS4, but hopefully maybe closer to a PS4 Pro. 
Yeah. I think that that would allow us to easily get Quantum Error on a next switch. Nice. You know, the last question on my end is, you know, taking this journey together as a family, I'm sure has been just a, a unique and, and rewarding experience. Is this something that, you know, could you guys see yourself doing this with a different team? And like, wh- how more, how much more special does it make given that you guys are such a close knit and, and tight team just, just due to a relationship here? <laughs> well, uh, as I said in the beginning of uh, this interview is that, I like actually that we are so small because it gives us fine control over everything. So we, you know, there's no like any, Oh, well, you know, if we had more team members that, you know, maybe they do something that we don't particularly like or something like that, but we get to control it very finely. And I think it just works out better like that. It's kind of like the quality over quantity thing. Yeah. Although I would say in the future, like I could see us like hiring out to like, Oh yeah. Get more work done. But as far as like who is, you know, in team kill hired as team kill, it'll probably just always be us. Well, I could see hiring out like maybe like animators or things like that. But it's, it's cool because yeah, we all, we all have a very similar mindset, but actually at the same time different. So it's like the four of us combined, like having like all of our different games. We like kind of comes together as a unique, like, concept it's 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 really neat because then you get all these different like perspectives from us and it works out ridiculously well so awesome yeah it's, like, it's, it's like first person shooters being made by lovers of first person shooters <laughs> right exactly no i love it again uh noah micah thank you guys so much for coming back on the show talking more going in depth with this we really appreciate it where can we find more information uh i'm I'm sure that as we as you guys continue development you'll be dropping more teasers and more stuff uh where can we look for that stuff um so the main place would be uh twitter.com slash team kill media um our website i believe is now team kill media dot it's either dot com or dot games. We might own both. <laughs> we started dabbling with the uh, the dot games URL, which is pretty cool. Also, a Facebook and Instagram, all by Team Kill Media. And then there's also the the Quantum Error. I think it's uh, at Quantum underscore Error. And um, we all also have our own Twitter accounts that people could also yeah. go to. So because we drop information here and there all the time. So if you go to Team Kill, you'll find everything from there. Yep. Awesome. Yes, we are. We're looking forward to it. I mean, it is looking solid. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm absolutely going to be playing this and knowing that there's more to come uh, within this series has only got me even more excited. So thank you guys again for taking the time and being on this show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. All right, Lucas, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Uh, I'm actually going to play this game called The Forgotten City, which is uh, based on a Skyrim mod, uh, but is now a fully fledged game uh, that's out this week. So I'm kind of excited to to dive into that. Uh, I did also want to give a shout out to Tribes of Midgard, which release... Oh, we'll release on a Wednesday. So it was, it comes out on the 27th. So the day before this episode officially airs. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that uh, and hopefully surviving uh ragnarok here not dying <laughs> too often if if i do play and i'm I'm bad i'm sorority team members i'm trying my best <laughs> so don't get mad at me <laughs> what about yourself ryan 
No, hopefully I, I will as well. So hopefully we can team up and uh, we will survive it. Um, other than that, it's the usual for me. You know, I'm on that Destiny grind. I'm going to get back to Metal Gear Solid 5. I've got like four missions left and and I will be finished with that game officially. So I'm excited about that and then probably dabble some more in New World. So I'm enjoying that game. Uh, I'm excited for that to come out as well. Uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at Land Party Pod, at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Egan, or at Smitty2447. Uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And you know what it is. We love your faces. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go.